Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. resolutions. The research shows that by this time in January of a new year, 70% of us have left those resolutions behind and we've gone back to sleep, gone back to business as usual, just kind of grinding it out day after day, and we're not holding that high energy, what my grandmother used to call holding the high watch so that something new, some new possibilities can take place in our lives. Well, if you're already behind on your resolutions, we've got help for you. So you can shore up those resolutions because it's important to remember that the new year isn't meant to serve as a catalyst for sweeping character changes. It's a time to reflect on what you learned last year and to set some really specific intentions for the new year, to make positive changes in your life so you keep growing and evolving, so you get more of what you want every year. And that's what we're all about here at the Modern Love Training Center. We are all about you having your best life and having it get better every single day. That's why every single month we offer a live in-person training. That training this month is called Quantum Love. Think about that. Quantum Love. Quantum means that there's instantaneous shift in energy because quantum isn't moving from A to B. It's A-B, just like that. And you're going to learn seven truths to transform your love patterns from toxic to transcendent. And every one of you think, I don't have a toxic love pattern. You probably do. It's something that was coded in your brain before you were even aware that you were drinking it in. And we get in touch with those old patterns. We clear them up. We create brand new patterns, body, emotions, mind, and spirit. We connect you to the latest science of how you build a great love. And it doesn't matter whether you're in a relationship that seems good but you want to make it better, whether you haven't had a relationship in the last 10 years, as somebody said to me recently, I'll take any kind of sex life. Uh, You don't have to take any kind. But we have something for everybody, LGBTQ, straight, young, old, widowed, divorced. It doesn't matter. Love is the most important thing for all of us modern lovers So this is one of our most important trainings of the year. Go to Eventbrite right now and grab your seat. There is an early bird special happening, and you can take advantage of it. All right, so if your intention for the year was love or anything else, whether it was weight, whether it was health, whether it was getting organized, learning a skill or a hobby, live life to the fullest, exercise more, These are the most common New Year's resolutions in the U.S. of A. And whichever ones you checked off 
We want you to ignite your own superpower and keep the rest of 2019 flying high. That's why our special guest today is Adita Lang. She's the author of Superpowers, A Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness. She's a speaker, and her journey started as a certified fitness instructor 30-plus years ago, and she's now expanded to specialize from biomechanics and resistance training. She's an expert in nutrition She's a guru in mind-body serenity, and she's here to advocate for family health and nutrition as well as your own. Welcome to the show, Adita Lang. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Brenda. Oh, it's so great to have you here. So what is your resolution for this year? I have to ask you. My resolution is to um, ignite more health and happiness with as many people as I can meet. Ah, so it's health and happiness for spreading others. spreading the word. Mm-hmm. Super. Did you set a personal one for yourself? Um, not yet. I, I, everything has just been going so well. Um, the way I set my resolutions is a little bit different than most people. And so I've just, I kind of continuously mold and change it and I journal and I, keep going that way and I just do it on a day-to-day basis and I you know so far I'm on track so I'm pretty happy good now how did you get interested in this whole area of resolutions it, you know I I work with a lot of people I do a, a six-week um, corporate weight loss program called my live it and I do a couple of eight-week programs for women's empowerment and weight loss and health. And every time I'm meeting all of these women, I just it's killing me because they're 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 telling me these stories and they want to do all these things, but they don't have such they don't have a clear vision. Mm. They are doing things because someone else is telling them they should. The the husband tells the wife she's overweight. The wife tells the husband he's overweight, or that they need more money or they need this, but they're telling each other these things without truly seeing the full vision in their head and doing something from within that they truly want themselves as opposed to someone else telling them that that's the way it should be. So you're saying it's not, of course, the best thing for someone else to tell you what you should do, be, or have, but rather for you to come to what has meaning for you. And Correct. When you started out on your own journey, were you experiencing some of those things of people telling you what you should be, do, and have as opposed to you coming to it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I got into fitness out of a fluke because I was having some issues with my mom and I was 16. And so someone had recommended, oh, take aerobic classes. And this was when it was, when there was no aerobic shoes. We were barefoot on concrete and we used records. Mm. That's how far it was, vinyl records. That's how far back it was. And I, I did that, and I loved it, and I continued on with it. Um, but then as time went on, you know, people would say, oh, you're supposed to do this or, or you're supposed to do that. And so at that point in my career, I actually only went so far because I was not necessarily doing what, I, what my true passion was. I was doing what everyone else was telling me to do. And now that I'm older, I'm really into this for what my true passion is. And my true passion is really inspiring others to change their health and well-being. Uh, and so, so for it's, you, it's, a whole it's not different so dynamic. much about weight loss per se as it is health and well-being. Correct. 
I'm happy to hear you say that. I really am. Because it's important for people to love their bodies at whatever weight they're at. Because, of course, like you, I have worked with so many people who have a love-hate relationship with their bodies because we have Mm -hmm. a crazy culture that basically, especially for women, tell women they're worthless unless they, you know, are a size zero little waif, and that's not healthy for anyone. So how do you deal with with things like body image and people falling in love with their bodies? Well, I, I, I kind of take it this way. Um, you know, a, a recent group that I've been working with right now, my first question to them is what their favorite sports car was. And I said to them, okay, let's, you know, there were a lot of people that said Maserati. And I said, great, let's, a Mas- let's take a Maserati. Let's say I'm going to give you a Maserati today. Mm-hmm. Well, you wouldn't feed that Maserati regular gasoline because that if you fed a Maserati regular gasoline and didn't really change the oil or fix the tires, it would stop driving. It wouldn't be driving very well. And it's a finely tuned engine. And so is your body. And the food you feed it is fuel. And so ideally, you should be feeding your, your body the fuel for top performance. And you feed it top performance because you really love it. Because it's your finely tuned engine. So, and so when you, you that, talk about finely tuned engine that needs top fuel, what is the most important thing? Really, because we all need some nutritional advice starting off the year. What's the most important thing in terms of being healthy on the nutrition side? Vitamins and minerals. And that's getting foods from their natural state. So vitamin so what about supplements because a lot of people are saying we don't get enough vitamins and minerals even in organic food because the soil has been denatured I I I I believe that but I also firmly believe that you're going to absorb the most vitamins and minerals from foods that are in their natural state as opposed to in synthetically derived supplements Oh and so I am I'm not, all about Hold on let me just say this I really am glad you said that because there's a big difference between naturally derived supplements and synthetic supplements. There are two kinds. So everyone be aware if you're thinking supplementation at all, do not go for those synthetic ones that you get at the drugstore and places like that. There are stores Mm -hmm. that sell very high-grade, organic, naturally derived supplements. So I'm sorry I wasn't clear about that at the beginning but that's what we're talking about. Yeah, no, absolutely, because we want to bring in as much nutrients as we can. So I'm always telling people that you first start with your foods, and then ideally if you did a blood test and found out that you weren't absorbing a certain vitamin or mineral, then you would supplement. But the first place you want to do is you want to get it from your foods, and you've got to get it from creating a mixed array of colors from all of your fruits and vegetables. Now, what about the people who are just pressed to the wall in terms of time? I know that's true for so many people that the issue they're working with is just time. How do I find the time to go shopping, to make a healthy meal? And what if your resolution this year is to be healthier, to have more energy, to take off the extra pounds that make you feel sluggish or make you feel like you're not at your optimal 
in terms of being able to do everything you want to do. Because you know, your book is about, ch- you know, a guide for health and happiness for super busy women. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a new trend going around, and it's called meal prep. And it's, and it's funny because when I was a kid, we ate home all the time, and we ate out for a special occasion. Nowadays, it's completely reversed. People eat out all the time, and they eat home for a special occasion. And I think one of the primary reasons is because they feel that cooking has become so complicated. So I was at a client's house not too long ago, and she hates cooking. And I said, look, we're going to keep this really simple. You're going to buy an organic cooked chicken at your local store. You're going to make two cups of quinoa. And every Sunday, you're going to cut a bunch of vegetables and put them in airtight containers. So that you can literally, and then you're going to get a box of mixed greens. And so now you have salads, you have mixes with, you can saute some vegetables with olive oil and mix them up with the quinoa and the chicken. You can do a salad with the chicken. You have like all these different varieties of things you can do by just creating these main staples in your refrigerator. Ah, okay. Great idea. Great idea. I like it. I'm going to go home and do that tonight. Uh, moving <laughs> on. So what about fitting in exercise? What about the people who said, my New Year's intention, and I like intention better than a resolution, actually, because it is easy to move away from a resolution. An intention, for me, has steps in it. I'm going Absolutely. to lose weight's not good enough. More helpful is I'm going to go to the gym three times a week, and when I go, I will take an aerobics class or a weightlifting class or I'll take a yoga class, whatever it is, so we're very, very clear what the full picture looks like. The research shows that people that do that uh, usually have much better compliance. Is that what you're finding too? Because you're the expert here at it. Well, I, I also find that, and, and I always kind of say that it's my fault and some of my friends' fault in fitness. When I first started out in fitness, I would tell people, you need to work out three to four times a week for 60 minutes. And honestly, when a client came back to me and said, oh, I only got 42 minutes in, I would be like, what did you do? Like, you need to get those 60 minutes in. And unfortunately, people like me made people believe that, oh, my God, if I don't have 60 minutes, then I'm going to do nothing. Oh. So recently – the American College of Sports Medicine came out and said, look, you need between 150 minutes for a novice and 300 minutes for an advanced athlete per week of activity. And they defined activity as anything that increased your heart rate and made you sweat. They also stated it did not need to be consecutive, which to me was awesome. Because now what I tell people, which is what's in my book, I say, look, why don't you start the morning and do one set of push-ups and squats, brush your teeth, do what you need to do. Maybe somewhere in the middle of the afternoon, you take a quick little walk around the block. And then later on in the afternoon, you do a, you know, a 20-minute workout video. And you start uh. incorporating these bouts of activity. And you give yourself credit for house cleaning. And you give yourself credit for doing gardening and walking the stairs. And that old adage of park your car far away, do it. So you, have an ex- you get a few more minutes of walking so that you can get to where you're going. So it can be a cumulative amount of activity, but it does not have to be consecutive. Yes. Wow, that is a revelation. Okay, so it can just be walking from the office to the car. 
Correct. And then walking back again, oh, I like it, I like it. You just set me free. Thank you, my dear. And just and that's what it is. It's setting you free, and it's setting everyone else free. And, you know, I, I, I'm working with a group online, actually, and, and so one of the ladies was like, it was, I want to say it was 8 o'clock, and she said, you know what, I didn't get my workout in today. And I just said to her, I said, drop down and do some push-ups and crunches so that you can now come back and tell me that you got something in. Oh. And she was like, that's all I need to do? And I'm like, yes, thank you. So 300 <laughs> minutes a week. What about the, the 10,000 steps and all these things that we're hearing? Well, those, listen, those are all great things to help motivate and drive. And that's the bottom line. But we've got to move. And the thing is, is our metabolism kicks on anytime we either eat or do activity. So how cool is it if you do small bouts of activity throughout the day and then you have small meals throughout the day, you're going to keep your metabolism on throughout the day, and all of a sudden you become a calorie-burning machine doing your ordinary tasks. All right. Now talk about this a little more because I think there's a lot of confusion about the small meals and the metabolism turning on or off. I know a lot of people who do food restriction thinking that's the best way to lose weight, but you're really saying something different. Yeah, I, I, I am a big proponent in not counting calories, not even looking at calories, and really focusing on getting rid of the sugars, which is not just sugar. It's sugar, flour, dairy, and alcohol. They all metabolize and break down as a sugar. So ideally, it's not about so like, sugar, you know, like flour, dairy, and dairy alcohol. and alcohol, correct. Hmm. So ideally what you do is you kind of limit yourself to one sugar per meal or snack. So that means if you'd like to have a glass of wine at dinner, have a glass of wine, but don't have it with, with pasta, bread, and cream sauce. Have it with a piece of chicken and some vegetables. And if you Got wanted it. to have your coffee, cream, and sugar for breakfast, that's fine, but then don't have that with a bowl of cereal and milk. Have that with eggs and avocado. Mm. All right. All right, I'm taking notes. Everybody, I hope you're taking notes <laughs> too. No, this is all new to me because, of course, I know about restricting sugar, and I do my best not to load the sugar, but you're saying if it's dairy and, of course, Absolutely. it's flour – they all metabolize to glucose or sugar, and we yeah. can't load on multiples. Have one. Have one. Correct. So I could have – so what about this? Could I have a cookie and a glass of wine and uh, – let's see, what else can we add? A cookie, glass of wine, and what else? Oh, oh, and ice cream, like once a week and have it all at once? Well, you can't have it all at once because you've got to choose one. Okay, so we've got to choose one. You have to Gosh. make a choice. Okay. But got it, could got you it, have it? it? Sure. But you've got to make a choice. So so if you were going to have ice, let's say you're going to have a bowl of ice cream for dessert, well, you can't have that with bread and pasta. You All have right. to have that with a good quality protein and some veggies. Now, what's a good quality protein versus a poor quality protein? So your chicken should be organic, um, pasture-fed, free-range, your meat should be grass-fed, grass-finished. That's like the ideal gold standard for these, right? You have fish. Fish is a little bit problematic just because there's so many plastics and mercury about, but salmon once in a while, as long as it's wild-caught, is, is fine. It's a great fish to have. 
but you want your fishes to be wild caught. Then you have more of your plant-based. So you have, of course, all your greens, like your collard greens and your kale, they all have a certain amount of protein in them. You've got beans, but beans need to be combined with a grain or a seed so that it makes it complete, kind of like in hummus or in beans and rice. You have quinoa, which is a complete protein on its own. And then you have some seeds like hemp seeds and chia seeds, which also provide protein as well. All right. Interesting. So it sounds to me, everyone, like you need a copy of Adita's book <laughs> in your library because all this is in the library, yes, as long, and along with some great tips on doing it in a fast, easy way. Absolutely, yes, because I want to keep this super simple. I have two kids. My life is, gets crazy sometimes. And so you know, the, only, the reason I wrote the book is I figured out the easiest way of implementing this stuff throughout my day so I didn't feel like I had to dedicate hours to my health. I now, just when throw people it in are asking you questions about health and fitness and they've set a resolution for 2019, what is your top advice? For someone who is saying 2019 is my year to elevate my health. Top advice is you need to have some kind of relaxation ritual. And so by that I mean, because I think a lot of times people have decided that food is no longer fuel, it's comfort, socialization, or the thing you do when you break up with a partner. So it's really important that you have a game plan for stress. And, and just like any plan, you need to write it down. So what I do with clients is we get a beautiful little notebook, and on every page of the notebook we write one thing. So mine would say drink tea, feed some jewelry, read a book. And so if I am stressed or feel overwhelmed or just feel cranky, I go to my book, and with whatever time I have allotted, I open it up, and whatever page opens up, I do that for the amount of time I have available. And it ends up resetting my brain. And so even if it's just five minutes of reading a book, like you read a page and a half in five minutes, then all of a sudden I'm clearer again, and I kind of now go back to whatever I was doing, and I don't have that feeling of frustration as I did before I grabbed the book. So that would be one of my number ones because most people gravitate to food. So from there, uh, so you're saying have a list of things that you can do that are relaxed. Absolutely. And be willing to go to those things, look at that list, keep it on your phone or someplace you can get to it quickly. So you'll do that to take care of yourself. And I want to just sidebar, isn't it also true that if we're stressed, we're more likely to get into combining our sugars, dare I say? Oh, absolutely, because we have a chemical reaction in our brain from flour and dairy that all of a sudden makes us feel relaxed. And it's in the back of our brain. And when we eat those things, that's why we crave a cookie for women, like when they have their menstrual cycle. They want something sweet and creamy or crunchy, and it's typically because it ends up making us feel relaxed. And so it's an addiction. And so that's why the sugars have to always be taken care of as well because we are addicted to that stuff. Yeah, yeah, because the sugar shuts down the glucose. I mean, the glucose shuts down the cortisol in the brain. It gets an uptake in in the brain. I won't go into the whole 
complicated thing, <laughs> but you're absolutely right. And it does lead to addiction. A lot of people get into addiction because they're fighting stress. So you're yep. saying make a list of the things that are relaxing for you and make sure you have that ritual. Is it at a certain time every day? No, it just, it's all of a sudden when you get, you know, I don't know, something happened at work and you get home and you're just mad and, and you're just upset about it. Instead of going to the pantry, go to your list and say, okay, I've got 10 minutes in front of me. I'm going to force myself to, you know, have a cup of, sit down and have a cup of tea or whatever it is that's on your list. Yeah, and I want to add something to what you're saying, Adita, because I do know that if we do a preemptive strike, if you'll pardon that terrible language, but if we do every day meditation in the morning, every day a little meditation as you're going to bed or prayer time or reading something Mm -hmm. uplifting, we reset the brain so we're less likely to fall into the stress syndrome. So, yes, if you have something stressful happen or you feel stressed, definitely use your list. But I'd also like to add, have something that you do to start your morning. I start every morning with meditation and chanting and stretching. At the end of the night, I end every night the same way because the stress can accumulate during the day without us realizing it. And keep. I love the idea of a list because then you've got, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't done that in a while. Maybe I should take that walk on the beach or, you know, do something like that for myself. No, absolutely. I do meditation as well, and it's it's a godsend. It is. It, it gets, is. It gets and my it mind set for the day. It, yes, and it's one of the best ways to flush cortisol out of the brain. And if you've never meditated or you're not sure what to do, then, Adita, I'll bet you've got some recommendations in your book. <laughs> I do. I absolutely do, yes. All right, so this is a book I think every busy person should have, and if you're a woman, absolutely, I think men can use it too. And Adita, if you were right now doing an intervention with someone who is struggling with making the time to keep themselves healthy, we already got have a stress reduction ritual, and I didn't see that coming. That's a great advice. Is there anything else? Because you talk about something called the four pillars of health. Can you just go into some quick tips to implement those in the day-to-day? Correct. So the four pillars are food and nutrition, exercise and movement, sleep and relaxation, and happiness. And so that happiness piece is really important. The average child will laugh 400 times a day, but yet an adult will only laugh 15 And the last talk I did, I must have had a couple of hundred people in there, and my question to everybody was, when was the last time you laughed so hard that you couldn't stop laughing and you were crying? And everybody just looked at me like, "Uh, I I don't remember that. Like, I, I don't know. But that's part of life. And when we can laugh and really enjoy quality time with family and friends, that the endorphins kick in, and it's that feel-good drug that helps us with our day just as well as everything else does. Yeah, there are a bunch of books. Laughter is Great Medicine and Laugh Yourself to Health. This has been studied because we do get all the endorphins, plus you clean out all your organs because while you're laughing, your belly's going up and down and the muscles are working, and it's, it's supposed to help cleanse the liver and the kidneys. 
I can and see that completely. Digestion. So there you mm-hmm. go, everybody. Thank you for bringing laughter into the conversation. That is important. I'm checking my list. I don't think I've laughed today yet. I better get on it. <laughs> better get on it. Now, is there yes. any other reason that people just give up on the things they really want in life? Because in closing, I want people to, to pinpoint where they might just be giving up and why. Well, I, I think a lot of times they're not, they're not happy with their self or their circumstances, or maybe they've kind of veered their entire life to take care of other people, and they forgot deep inside what they want or need or desire. And I think that's huge. I know I, I recently got divorced. And so one of the things that I recognized was I, I call it the veil. I allowed the veil to take over and I completely morphed myself into his world. And I left mine behind for a little while. And I think we do that sometimes. And we have to be able to kind of sit back and go, wait a minute, hold on. I really do like this or that. And let me go towards that again, because many times we're eating in, ex- in excess or we're not exercising or we're not taking care of ourselves simply because we're taking care of everybody else. And we've yes. kind of forgotten that we should be priority. Especially true for women, but men can also use all this great advice. And I want to Absolutely. let you all know again, we're talking with Adita Lang. And Adita wrote the book Superpowers. A Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness, and she has been on a journey as a certified fitness instructor, nutrition expert, mind-body serenity coach, family health and nutrition coach for 30-plus years, and I think she knows of what she speaks. Adita, thank you so very much for being our guest, and you can go to her website, everyone. It's Adita, A-D-I-T-A, Lang, L-A-N-G, aditalang.com. All right. Thanks again, Adita. Big thank Dr. you. Dr. Brenner, it was our, a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Big thank you to our executive producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Mr. Cliff Dunning, and to you modern lovers, get to Eventbrite right now. Register for Quantum Love, Seven Truths to Transform Your Love Patterns from Toxic to transcendent because toxic love is one of the things that can impact your health, your well-being, your success, and your money in a very negative way. And you do not have to be stuck with toxic love or toxic love patterns. Trust me, I'm your modern love doctor, and we're going to work with scientifically proven ways to turn around love that isn't working and attract to you the love you've always wanted if you're single and looking. All right, everyone, I'll see you then. That's February 9th, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. right here in our Modern Love Training Center. Blessings be with you next week. 